Very nice, sugar and spice as we roll the dice. To our surprise. And devil's demise. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. <laughs> I get drunk praising the Lord. There's new wine in the divine rhyme that doth make thine face shine. Amen. For it is goodly. How goodly it is. Good. When God's people dwell together in strife. I mean, oh. unity. <laughs> and everyone's jealous. Contentions and factions, ministries worldwide. <laughs> Jealousy is a sign of damnation. Hallelujah. Ministries Worldwide International Inc. Okay. It's true. That's why Paul magnified his ministry for who? The jealous unsaved Jews, it is written. Jealousy is a sign that that whole realm of thought is not saved but damned to hell. And that's a good thing. The stuff in us damned to hell needs to embrace judgment of it into hell. It's a wonderful thing for whole parts of your spirit, soul, and flesh to go to hell. Go to hell ministries. Go to hell ministries. Okay. That feels good. It's a joyful thing. Yeah. You'll feel so free because you have Jesus in thee. You have Jesus. And Jesus is the only one saved. Religion is you trying to get saved apart from Jesus. I think there's some religion around here. People trying to get saved on their own effort and strength and ability and not relying on Jesus. First and foremost, the Bible commands we know Jesus in our spirit. Why? That's the only way you can be saved. Christ in you, the hope of being saved. Well, I got fire insurance, that's a good... Listen, man. It ain't guaranteed, especially when the standard is raised this high. The standard's going to be raised so high in these days that unless you're inside the perfection of Jesus, and you'll get there. It's called the perfection of faith. Be perfect as your Father in Heaven is perfect, cat. <laughs> I already am. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Front lines, altar call. Every day. Look at the animal Holy. on the altar. I'm oh, not burning yeah. up, but you are. I'm not the animal in the new covenant. You are, says the cat. <laughs> says the cat. Cat in the hat ministries. Boldly <laughs> approach the throne in time of your need for cuddles and pets. <laughs> Shabbat. Amen. There's a place where you can burn on the altar and like it. You know, discovering Jesus, why is there not very many people in the body of Christ that are God inside minded. You ever think about that? Why are so few God inside minded, aware of Yad He Vav He, Elohim, Creator, inside their own bellies? Because the Bible says that. Why do so few know that through intimate experience? 
I'll tell you why. It's because acknowledging and discovering and experiencing God in you is an altar. It's an altar. So it comes with accountability of what? Isaac and Abraham, death for life. The more you discover Jesus in you, the more the soul dies to the world. So the reason why most people have discovered very little of the Godhead in their hearts is because it burns up their head in the world. Their head in the earth. Religion, which is self-justification, says I'm good by putting a dead letter, the New Testament, on my head and saying I'm good without knowing the altar. Religion says we don't need an altar. They say things like this, Jesus did it all on the cross, but it's in their heads, right? Mm -hmm. And they're all just totally demon-possessed, if you haven't noticed. Why are they demon-possessed? Because they're so far from the altar. Now the altar, it's written in Revelation, the golden altar before God's throne, is where you learn how to be a priest. My main message as a Levite in this generation is how to be a priest and to kill the animal, the mark of the animal in the forehead and the hand. Since the beginning, that has been Red Letter Ministries' number one message is the development of everyone how to be a priest of the Melchizedek order of righteousness which is imputed by grace through faith which means the discovery of the Godhead. Now, God is fire. What kind of fire? Light. It's the light that burns darkness. Now, when you discover the Godhead, start, stuff starts to burn. This is where we start to put up blockages. This is where the deception comes in through temptation, where it's like, that thing doesn't need to go on the altar. That thing doesn't need to realize the light of the Father that's so bright that will kill it. And so we start to self-justify areas of our soul and our mind and our strongholds and our personality and our culture and whatever is normal to you in your current DNA. And we say that that can refrain from the altar and we begin to save ourselves through religion. Everyone does it. That's what the technon does. So that's why the Weos, who knows the altar, who works the altar, who's operating in a high priesthood, which we're all going to come into, is for the most part the enemy when the altar is unknown in Christianity. Who's the enemy? The altar. So for most Christians, you hate to hear this stuff, but it is the truth. Anyhow, Jesus is the enemy of most Christians. We can kumbaya, raise our hands, and feel the presence in the in the sanctuary while we praise and worship why because it pours out of our hearts but then when we leave the kumbaya time and i love kumbaya time praise the lord all the time but when you leave that time where is your soul is it burning on the altar is it jesus's soul getting through your soul and your soul diminishing spiritual activity mixed with wisdom always causes self-consciousness, which is your soul, to diminish. Which means if you have a diminished self-consciousness or consciousness of self, you can't complain. You can't argue. You can't be jealous. You can't strife. In fact, 
a diminished soul, which means a resurrected Jesus Christ soul, is not capable of doing the same sins anymore. Doesn't mean there's not a, still a mixture of self, because there is. So no one can say, well, my soul is perfect, because only Jesus' soul is perfect. You're being made perfect through an altar diminishing you. So the test in this life that you see every single day in real Christianity is how much you are willing to diminish. False Christianity says, I shall increase. God's going to increase me. I'm here for myself to be increased in the things of God. That's a person yoked to the Antichrist. That's a person involved in false Christianity, the Whore of Babylon. Whore of Babylon, Christianity, Book of Revelation, conquering the second heavens. That's a second heavens diabolical Christian soul that has not yet learned the altar nor the cross. They've become the enemies of the altar. they become the enemies of the cross. So they want teachings that enhance their souls. Real Christianity does not. Real Christianity does not want teaching to enhance your soul. Real Christianity wants teaching that diminishes the soul. That annihilates. You know, one of the processes of Jian Guyan, which is most scholars say the greatest Christian teacher of all time, this process is called annihilation. We need Christians to embrace annihilation daily. How often am I annihilated one time? That's not what Jesus Christ said. The Lord Jesus Christ said, we need to be annihilated every day. What does it mean? Now this becomes our ecstasy. This is the place of living a lifestyle of continuous rapture. Because when you are annihilated of your spirit, you get the resurrection of his spirit. When you are anathema of your soulishness, your self-promotion, your self-protection, your building up of self and Christianity added to self and self-justifying your personality and attributes and trying to enhance them through Christianity, even the charismatic giftings and all the stuff that we do down here in the human animal. When all of that begins to be sacrificed, then the soul is resurrected. No soul can be raised from the dead in selfishness. It can be raised through the raised from the dead through death alone. So, as it is written in the Psalms, death has become my closest friend. Not the death of Satan, not Apollyon or Abaddon, but the death of the Lamb of God, Revelation's death, seeing the Lamb that's looked as though it's been slain, which means dead. And now while every time the Lamb of God's mentioned in Revelation, you have this phrase attached to it, dead or slain. Slain, dead, lamb ministries. You know what that does? That's the only way your soul goes up into heaven. So the reason why a lot of these gates seem blocked or it's impossible and it's so hard and I can't understand this stuff and it's so advanced and mystical, it's not for Jesus. 
It's not too much for God. God is our teacher, Scripture says. The issue is the selfish soul life of the human being cannot comprehend the things of God. Which means ever hearing what the Bible like, never understanding, never understanding, ever seeing, never perceiving. That's what Jesus said. What does it mean? He has hidden these things from those going after soulish wisdom or soulish learning. That's what it says in the gospel. And revealed it to little children such as cassette. Yes. You know, it reminds me of, <laughs> you know, the iniquity of Christianity. It's really just the desire to do spiritual stuff. <laughs> good spiritual stuff instead of just obedience. So instead of finding out what it's because it says, find out what God's perfect will is. It's written, find out. So you have to find out what God's will is. But for some reason, most of us have known a Christianity where it's just okay to not know what God's will is. Oh, well, well, we just, well, we read the Bible and it just, it pretty much just says this and that. Well, the thing is, is you can just interpret the Bible any which way, hear any which, you know, kind of spirit. So it's all this, well, instead of actually obeying what God told me to do, I'm just going to do this other spiritual stuff to kind of kumbaya, now I feel good, and we're good. And just keep abusing that grace. But it's just like, find out what God's will is and do it. Mm-hmm. Find out what God's will is and do it. Find out what God's will is for you to do, and then actually I do it. I heard the Spirit say, make it simple for him. God's will <laughs> for you is to learn how to be priests. Because once you learn how to terminate an anathema and annihilate the animal, all that's left is Jesus in you. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says Jesus is all-knowing. He's not confused about nothing. He has clarity in everything. And all of you can make room for Jesus so your lives get easier. What confusion, gray matter, and all of that valley of decision junk is, is a mixture of you and God. And there's tug of war on the inside. I'm not going to diminish Jesus. You diminish. You push him back down like a caged lion down into your bowels and seal him up in there and just live in your own soul and bring him up when it's convenient. When I want a kumbaya, where are you at, Jesus? (laughs) But then when he asks you to do something, oh, actually, you know, God, uh, that's not going to work because I have a real strict schedule of my Netflix followed by my other show and my reality TV show and I've got dinner with my family planned Do it all and I gotta get in my eight hours of sleep and then you know well I you know my job and well make sure you sleep I don't with really the feel Lord. like work with the Lord do all things with the Lord with it is my written. schedule don't take time off from the Lord learn how to do everything with the presence of the Lord that's how you get blessed constantly and the lord will take over your souls right it's like oh god you asked me to uh read this verse of the bible and uh and meditate on it during the week well you know i just i didn't really feel like reading that so i'm just gonna wake up with it for some with some kumbaya kumbaya let's not obey let's do something else i just but i prayed in tongues like eight hours that one day and uh so we're good right we're good we'll be singing that song for eternity better get used to it i like that song yeah i love kumbaya we really should rename this ministry kumbaya Kumbaya ministries Ministries. it'd be more accurate it's good it's just (laughs) 
instead of that, it's that rat race of how much different kind of spiritual stuff did I pray enough? Did I fast enough? Well, just what were you? What are you supposed to be doing? You know, are you supposed to be improving the way we? Let's just say God gives you a vision for how to pour concrete in cold weather more accurately. Mm. You know, well, there's a divine download. Or what if there's a still small whisper that says? You know, it's so freezing cold outside, don't use the big machine to do it. You're going to have to do the hand troweling for this one project. Well, it's going to take more time and effort, but, you know, we're going to be able to get it done on time, and it's not going to freeze over. And, you know, and just, okay, make sure you do it a certain way. It's just like, that is a communication with God accurately in your work life. He's always talking. He's got a better idea than we do. So if we just use our worldly wisdom of, well, this works better, this device, but yet the, the rhema word of the Lord was, this is how you can more accurately get the concrete poured in the near freezing or below freezing temperatures without any bubbling on the concrete, without any problems, and with that flawless sea of glass finish. Like, how did, you know, how did we even do that? And what are we pouring the concrete of the building on sapphire stones. If the foundation is wrong, it's not going to work out. If you're building on true sapphire stones, well, it all looks like a sapphire stone. I'm learning about it. Well, what does it say has to be circumcised? It's that false blue, that lapis lazuli of the throne of Satan. It's circumcision of the heart. It's the circumcision of those sapphire stones. It's the shell of the other side. That's what gets removed. So if you build on the part that's supposed to be circumcised, what is that? They call that the flesh that gets cut away. Because so, every human being has the Isaiah 14 items of Satan in their human nature. Right. So if we build on that, if, <laughs> so if you build on it prior to circumcision, you're already, already building on, it's called sinking sand. Why? Because the promised inheritance to Satan from God was that he would eat the dust. Right, he would eat that dust, and that dust of that flesh, that fallen flesh that needs cut away, is rightfully his. So, if this is the sapphire stone, and that covering is not circumcised... Give to Caesar what's Caesar's, so give to the devil what's the devil's. You're building on sinking sand. So, first circumcise, and let that sinking <laughs> sand get blasted away, so that that star can come forth, a star within you. The morning star rises... Then you're building on the solid rock on which we stand, the firm foundation, a workman who will not be ashamed of what he's building. Let's say, well, yeah, I just, you know, that one little thing, I just, I can't let that go. I'm not, I, I'm having trouble believing what I heard. I don't know about that. Well, we got to keep building. And then when that test comes, when the floods come, if you built on sinking sand, it's gonna it's all gonna burn up it's it's all gonna be destroyed in the flood dealing with your sand is dealing with your time on earth bob jones prophecy about joel's army the sands of time and what did you find shoe boxes and we were very surprised that there were shoes in the boxes with a letter on top that said greetings you've been inducted into the army of god what does it mean it means it's your time to walk with God, and the sand is the time. It will turn into glass as you walk with the fire of God, which is His manifest Shekinah presence. 
In his presence is fullness of joy, which means the burning up of the personality is all the dead parts of you. You know, see, we want to get rid of first the parts of us we don't like about ourselves. Then he'll work with the parts that you're not so willing to give up, the things that you like about yourself. Mm -hmm. And he'll burn those up too, and he'll make them a thousand times better. Nothing God touches doesn't improve. You understand that? There ain't a single thing that the altar touches that doesn't glorify it and make it thousands of times better. The issue is us learning to trust the fire of the Holy Spirit. First and foremost, you got to have a relationship with the Holy Ghost. The fire of the New Covenant altar is the person of the Holy Spirit. So if you don't know the Holy Spirit, there's no fire to even work with to burn anything. Yeah, he was saying the same thing. I heard him say that a couple minutes ago. Literally. Exactly. How are you gonna burn an animal if you don't even know yeah. the fire of God? Yeah, because he was telling, he was saying that some of some of you might, you know, be like, okay, all right, put it on the altar, uh, and here's the pieces on the altar, and you rearrange it, and you just put it there, and then, well, is it's good? Maybe move it over to the left. Yeah, no, it's it's on the altar. It's on. Is this right? You know, but where's the fire? The what? And you know, whew. the Lord is the fire. The water gate. You know what's interesting? You know what? You know why they call it the water gate? Ezekiel's water temple? We're in Yetzirah, so we're dealing with Ezekiel. He went up into Yetzirah with what he had to deal with. But it's interesting. If you look at why, why is it called water gate? That's actually the gate of the temple that they would take the flask of water that was used for the libation at the feast. Water flask, feast... The gate to the temple was called the water gate. The water gate. That's where they bring that flask of water uh, for the libation. So let's look at... Right here. Let's look at a water, water libation ceremony. <laughs> MyJewishRoots.net. Okay. Seems like a credible source. All right. The water, <laughs> the water libation ceremony, known as Nusuk Hamayim in Hebrew was one of the most popular parts of the celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles, which if you've been following us this far, you know that represents the baptism of fire. The baptism of fire. So the water gate, okay, baptism of fire. I, I think we should look at this a little bit. This is um, the water drawing ceremony. Let's jump in, water Let's, is nice. Water flask, get your water flask. Glory. The libation. There we go. And for a scuba Don't mind if lessons. I do partake. <laughs> scuba dive, yes. Water. <laughs> uh, double portion, thank you, Lord. Jacusto glory. This is good. So the water libation ceremony known as the Nishuk <laughs> Hamayim in Hebrew was one of the most popular parts of the celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles, a.k.a. for us, New Covenant Baptism of Fire. This ceremony followed the daily sacrifices. It is no longer being practiced today except for at Joel's bar, but it was being practiced during the Second Temple era and during the time of Jesus Christ. Jesus used this ceremony to make a bold statement. So, short description of the ceremony. One reason the water libation ritual was so popular was the accompanying ceremony of the water drawing. And remember Bob Jones, you draw what the kingdom, he said first, because he talked about the decades, how they're going to progress. And he said, it's the kingdom coming out of you. You draw it out like water, he said. You draw it out like water. Ooh, you draw it out Lord, like water. Draw it out like water. Oh, draw it out. Let's get it out. Yeah, like, draw it out. Shabba. Shaka. Shaka. Bubble up, bubble, bubble, bubble. Bubble, bubble. 
Whoa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those morning English, do I read it? Okay, help me, Lord. Help. When the water. <laughs> when the water what comes with the breaking of the mighty waters. Oh, man, it's coming. Which took place at night when the water, which represents Shekinah, when the water was drawn from Siloam for the next morning's water libation. <laughs> oh, next morning water libation. <laughs> I feel encouraged. It's like open bar every morning. <laughs> Each day for seven consecutive days. Called morning libations. Seventh day. Seven week, seventh day, oh. second given seven days creation. <laughs> seven, seven days, days a week. creation. River seven always days flowing. A week. Isn't that wild? Morning and night libation. Even on the Sabbath. Hallelujah. My God is always <laughs> drinking. All right. <laughs> Water don't take a minute off. Amen. Ooh, that's good. Let the river yeah. flow. It's for my nefesh. <laughs> Each day. For seven consecutive days, a priest would walk up a ramp leading to the bronze altar located in the temple court and pour a jug full of water into a bowl that drained into the altar. The ceremony of the water drawing was a jubilant occasion. The Mishnah states, He that has never seen the joy of the ceremony of the water drawing has never in his life seen joy. Wow. Woo! As the ceremony took place, Levites played lyres, trumpets, harps, cymbals, and other instruments while other Levites sang. In the temple area, three, three golden candlesticks nearly 75 feet high Hmm. were lit by boys climbing tall ladders, and the light from these candlesticks could be seen throughout all Jerusalem. And for those who are still kind of working on the prophetic sight there, your seer gift... Those three candlesticks representing those those three pillars, mm-hmm. right? Those three pillars. Uh, the center, the left, and the right. Yeah, and I know y'all know that because you've been doing your homework. Amen. Mm-hmm. Good job. Malku, Yisad, Tiferet, got, Dot, and um, Keter. Oh, that's right. Okay. In the temple area. <laughs> okay, so they climb the ladder. Candlesticks, Jerusalem. Respected men of faith danced and sang in front of these candlesticks while carrying burning torches. As the ceremony progressed throughout the night, the priest blew the shofar three times in the manner of the text of Isaiah 12:3. Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of mm. salvation. The evening was characterized by exuberant joy. It was a wonderful occasion that no one wanted to miss. Sometimes rabbis would perform acrobats and juggle flaming torches as part of the festivities. Some interpreted the passage in Deuteronomy 14.26 to mean it was good to spend one's tithe money on the food and the liquor and the delicacies for the desire and the purpose of eating and rejoicing in the presence of the Lord. So they would bring in tithing, party money, rabbis juggling, flaming. Now they talk about flaming torches, but this, and then they also mention flaming t- juggling cartwheel rabbis. That's how. <laughs> and the, and the Have we got a job too? Now, and the second one, they talk about flaming torches, and then they talked about them juggling flaming touches. I'm like, is this either a typo or what is this? So I googled it, and the first thing that come up, I, I kind of like what came up. It's probably not what they meant by it, but I like this. 
It's called a flaming couch. It's a spell that requires level 62. Causes 75 fire damage when hit. <laughs> Increases your chance. <laughs> flaming couch magic. How you defeat the final boss in Diablo 4. Causes, amen. Which is Lilith, I heard. It's <laughs> yeah, one of our things. How you defeat Lilith. Causes 75 fire damage to From attackers. Google. <laughs> Draw the water from the well. My libation. Acrobat. 75 damage. This check, was check. why the Old Testament is profitable <laughs> for wisdom. Old Testament was like understanding all the external. It's all external teaching for when you come into the New Covenant now for internal, eternal truths. Amen. And we talk about the Watergate so much. So they say, why is it the Watergate? That's where they take that flask of water used for the libation at that feast. So the baptism of fire, feast of tabernacles. And then they say, the, the rabbis would say of it that the waters are dripping. The waters are dripping. Indicating that water oozing out and rising as it from this, as if from this flask. As if from this flask mm. will in future days come forth from under the threshold of the temple and so it says when the man went forth eastward to fret the sun with the line in his hand he measured a thousand cubits thousandfold in the sun and caused me to pass through the waters waters that were to the ankles Indicating the man can pass through waters up to his ankles and again he measured a thousand and caused me to pass through the waters waters that were to the knees and another Woo. Mm. Mm. Waters to the knees Indicating that after that they have been blessed and they flow out and again He measured a thousand and caused me to pass through the waters waters to the loins And he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not pass through Though one cannot cross it on foot, yet one may be able to do so by swimming. Though one cannot cross it in a small boat, as we learn, for the waters are risen, waters to swim in, too high for swimming, too high for a small boat, yet you might be able to do so in a large boat. They shall not go there on any rowing ship, and even if it passes so high, you cannot cross it in a large boat. Maybe in a fast sailing vessel, in the rabbi's commentary. And a gallant ship will not pass over it. And it shall come to pass in that day that the living waters shall go out from Jerusalem. Half of them toward the eastern sea, half of them toward the western sea. In summer and in winter shall it be. Many other fountains will be mixed with them as we learn from the word of God in that day. There shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and for sin and uncleanness, fountains of mercy. Where do the waters go? To the Mediterranean and to the Sea of Tiberias and to the Dead Sea that their waters may be healed. And these waters issue forth toward the words, eastern region. floods the soul. Toward the dead renews sea. the mind, the water of the word. And shall go down into the Arabah, that is, in the Sea 
of Tiberius. Ooh. Amen. I love the water gospel. What a refreshing message tonight. Thank you, Father, for living water and teaching everyone how to drink and stay clean in the well of salvation. Revelation 7.17, the great shepherd shall lead them to the springs of the waters of life. There he shall wipe every tear from their eye. All sorrow and sighing shall flee away, and rejoicing shall be every day in the spring of the fountain of the Lamb, of the spring of the fountain of Israel. Notice when the great shepherd leads people to this spring in Revelation 7, goes all the way up into that Revelation 21 and 22. The more that discover the river outflowing from within their bellies, they together become the fountain of the bride. The Bible says the spirit and the bride because the Spirit's the one that discipled the bride in the, in the maturity of the Spirit to come to a place to say to the whole planet Earth, come and drink. Mm. Drink what? God that I've been drinking from inside me. And she has learned to bring God forth like water from within her so much as a company of people, the bridal company, that the nations can come to the fountain of the bride's spirit. They're not br drinking a human spirit. They're not drinking just a man's spirit, a woman's spirit, a minister's spirit. They're drinking God himself. As it is written, the throne of God is with men, which means it's inside. Therefore, they be drinking directly from God in the middleman called your temple won't have blockages, which means every time they interact with the, a bride at that level of maturity, they'll be interacting with God himself. Oftentimes it looks like the early stages of the church of Acts, when someone is God inside minded like Peter, who's operating in throne room glory, and then you have irreverent religious people around that don't understand God living inside his own sons and daughters' hearts. If God is manifesting through a son and daughter's heart, it's the same as coming to the throne of God down here on earth as it is in heaven. So it has to have the same reverence and respect, and that's why we submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Why? Because the throne of Christ is inside all believers' hearts. It hasn't risen to the same height in most of them. A lot of believers' hearts are filled with self and soul and world because we need a further circumcision of heart. But as we are circumcised, the throne of God rises in our hearts and it shall be seen and felt. Oftentimes those who have paid a price in their own life can easily recognize it in other people's lives because they know Jesus through the sacrifice of self. 2 Peter 1.19, And the morning star shall rise in your heart. How does that happen? By getting out everything else out. Stuff that hasn't allowed the throne of God to rise is repented of. Repentance unto life is giving God your whole heart into the Spirit. And what does it do? Burns it up. 
This is where you lose a lot of people because in your heart are all your feelings and emotions. Feelings and emotions. And they say, how dare you mistreat my animal feelings and emotions. You deal with this stuff constantly with men. It's pride with women. It's feelings and emotions. Very sensitive. You don't love me. This is not a loving message. You know what love is? sacrificing the soul and the heart on an altar in the fire of God for Christ as the morning star to rise in your hearts. We decide if we allow our hearts to burn or not. If you allow them to burn, the divine nature rises in you, which means you'll be hearing, seeing, understanding, and experiencing the presence of His glory progressively every day of your life. But if you say no and hold on to your human heart, which is your human soul's feelings and emotions, the morning star will never rise in your hearts. Why? Because you are content with your own heart. And you're not a man or woman after God's heart, which costs you your own. Oh, man, I want to share this. We were talking about today at lunch. It's the, uh, that desire, it's like, it's our own religion. It's the animal's religion, rebellion religion. It's good spiritual things. Those things we want, right? Greeks seek after knowledge. And they said that the Jews seek after signs and wonders. He's not just on the surface level, he's talking about those people groups exhibiting that behavior. But in a deeper layer, he's talking about what's inside of the human nature. Right? Not to the left, not to the right. So when you find you're starting to get into the mystic realm, the Greek part of us wants information and knowledge. Oh, isn't there some, there's some other resource that I can have? Or can't you just answer my question? Well, this is, what's wrong with this question? I just have this question. Or people want, I want you to give this to me on my terms. I want this on my terms. Or If you ask a question, prepare to be rebuked. That's right. <laughs> Literally, the angels, the angels do the same thing. You know, it's crazy. On this path, it's good. It's good, yeah. Because the thing, this thing, you might feel in in like the genuineness of our own. What well, we think we're being genuine. I well, I just wanted to know something. One of the best disciplines you can do, and the angels test me so much, have tested me so much in this, on to prepare this pathway. You'll go and you'll find. Think about finding the most amazing mystery. And you just want to absorb knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. Like, oh, it's so fascinating. If you start to feel that impulse, understand that there's no good fruit that can come from that. It, it literally, it, you think you're eating it, it will eat you up. And a lot, many, many, many times along this path, as I was mapping out the path and then testing it in fire for a few years before sharing it with you guys, I had to do the same thing. The angels gave me the homework. I had to figure out the spheres. If you noticed, well, you may not have noticed by now, some of you might have noticed, if you just look up these terms online, 99.9% of everything you'll find online is completely wrong. And it's confused. A lot of it's confused on purpose. Other people confuse it in ignorance. Basically like studying the Canaanites and their interpretation. They're all devil worshippers. Right. Israel has never been this far in the promises. Mm -hmm. So don't go into Canaanite literature. Right. And, And also one of the things that the Lord wanted to give the warning for and I t- some people were messaging me and they're like just looking at all whatever they find online trying to trying to fill in my map I was like oh my god what are you doing if you just search these terms that some of these terms we talk about 
you'll find the worst, most potent, I mean, red These magic These books are only in sorcery. heaven right now and have not yet been written on earth. Yeah, yeah, because the, the enemy has, it says in the word of God in Job that Brandon read before Joel's bar today, the enemy has not seen this path. They've heard about it, but they have not seen it. And so all you have out there is mainly counterfeit. And that's why it's so dangerous. So there's actually a lot of things, and I've tested this uh, myself, and I've had to learn things the hard way. Even if you're walking in the fifth interior castle, right, Mahalalel, even if you're walking in fifth interior castle level sanctification, there are certain things that if you read them, just reading them, it will curse you and make you sick. Like, oh, well, nothing shall by any means harm me. You understand Psalm 91 is an actual place in the cosmos. And if you're not fully there, you're not protected. You'll pray, oh, but it will literally curse you and hurt you in some way. And so when you're looking at these things, you have to understand, I spent months doing my own homework, the map of the cosmos. People are like, oh, just give me the answers and can you just check it Adam for me? Adam and Eve ate knowledge and died. Don't get sicker right. than dying. Right, exactly. So from eating knowledge. Understand that how this map came about was careful study and listening to the angels and I was given warnings all along the way and the Holy Spirit himself guided me and told me okay this is right this is wrong google this look at this Wikipedia ignore all that that one phrase there boom take that word look it up in the Bible here it is the master this class is, is basically right all the promised land mapped out with all the right. Canaanite garbage burned, burned away that, and so it's it clean kosher food so that everything in the master class that we have for you <laughs> and none it's of it been exists years anywhere in the, else it yet. doesn't yeah so when people are like oh i need resources i'm like scripture will back it up later on Ooh. when you get wisdom but right now it's brand yeah. new pioneering work yeah so i would say if you're looking everything you need to fill out your map it's already in the master class and we've burned out there's you're not going to find any like Moloch worshipers curses that they've put into you know, Freemasonry stuff that's already been prepared for you. It's a safe place for you to learn cosmic righteousness. So I, we already went ahead and pioneered through a lot of that dangerous stuff in mm. cosmic principalities and witchcraft and curses that like you could not imagine. And with, with the angels, with the Holy Spirit, with the voice of God, tested in fire for at least three years before being given to you, right? So it doesn't mean that you, like, oh, you're saying I can't, I mean, you're you with God. You can look up and do whatever you want. But I'm saying that for your protection so that you don't just end up sick and cursed and wondering, well, I always thought I was studying. If you had actually watched the videos, if you'd actually watched my videos, you would have heard me at least three times specifically warn not to do that because, you know, it'll curse you and make you sick. Because the New so, Covenant Promised Land the is the realm that the sorcerer of Babylon has mm. possessed. Right. Which means you're going to have the Babylonian sorcerer's yeah. materials in those realms. Our job is to right. burn their literature, burn, burn their it. books, burn their knowledge. Amen. You go no into fire. the Can Canaan mm. and what did the Bible say? Burn, burn. everything. Destroy all yeah. of it. You can have the vineyards and the houses, mm -hmm. but as far as their knowledge... They're gods. All of it burns. This is how we take the second heavens. Right. But you need to understand the second heavens are full of Luciferian knowledge. Yeah. And that stuff tries to creep in when you're ascending. It's and it, very tempting. And, and I've watched already probably a dozen ministries yeah. 
gradually get consumed by Luciferian knowledge or sorcery established in second heavens. And they had awesome intentions, Mm -hmm. but they still got totally corrupted to the point where they're apostate. That's why it's a very narrow road, but it's commanded of our God Mm -hmm. in this generation that we take Canaan, which is second heavens. So it is a a fine meal. It's a fine feast we prepared for it, but we've taken out the Canaanite literature Mm -hmm. and imparted all the scriptural biblical revelation for taking these realms. That's what the master mm-hmm. class is. It's yeah. how to take the second heavens biblically. Right. Anyway, so that's a nice safety um, feature we have for you provided. We got, we got the nice right. picture. And we have the nice picture. Map of the cosmos here. Oh, yeah, so yes. you can download oh, it. Fill oh. it out if you missed yesterday's oh. broadcast. Get on the app or you can on Facebook. We have the link for you to download the PDF. Very good. Map yourself and the cosmos. Find where you're at. Learn the way. And, you know, go through the class. Study and learn <laughs> it because that's actually, you know, how the angels taught me. How it's the Holy treasure. Spirit taught. Yeah. You this learn is, those. This mm-hmm. is how to store up treasures in heaven. Sapphire stones. The wisdom and the revelation of original design of God creating the heavens and the earth with his his word is it's like going into Mm -hmm. words and experiencing treasures that God has stored up for the righteous who seek the deep things like it says in Proverbs God hides his treasures in glory and kings go into the glory or into the deep and search it out and that's what Proverbs says it's our job to go deeper and discovery Mm -hmm. you know it's like you're tethered Look at the word as a silver cord, like it says in Ecclesiastes. The silver cord is not going to break because you have the silver cord of the word. It's like tethering you in the spirit to go deeper into the things of God. And when you go deeper in the spirit, you bring them into the natural. So it's on earth, this realm, the flooding the earth, Malkut, as it is in heaven, according to the depth that your spirit has risen in Christ. Ooh, this is so good. I feel fire all over my face right now, coming out the top of my head. The Holy Ghost, he likes it. Because he wants to protect you. He wants (laughs) to keep you safe. And so what Brendan was talking about, too, as far as that crucifying the animal, getting it on the altar, right? Because the water flask, libations, that's great, right? But what is it for? Feast of Tabernacles, which is baptism of fire animal sacrifice so how we get that is again greek seek knowledge right so we crucify that part of the mind when you notice that thing acting up like oh it's just me seeking what i want to know what i want to do you deny yourself you deny that impulse of but but i want to know okay just no and i found that if you as you progressively do that it's something i practiced myself for years now you deny that in the end, you actually get more than the information you're even seeking for. The spirit of understanding fills that and satisfies that. So you're just cheating yourself out of a good time with God. Now, on the other hand, the Jews seeking signs and wonders. There's that part of you that's like, that wants, well, did we have enough gold dust? Enough gemstones manifesting? Angel feather? My angel feather is bigger than your angel feather. Well, I got this and these promises. Well, how many cripples has your ministry gotten up out of wheelchairs and cured of cancer, right? So it's signs and wonders, signs and wonders, signs and wonders that I need this many signs and wonders, more or less signs and wonders, which are not a bad thing. But that's what you, if you chase after that, 
and you chase after knowledge. Knowledge is not a bad thing. Science is not a bad thing. But you're going to the left and the right. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it prevents you from the true, the true thing, which is what we were talking about today, even at lunch, which is cosmic authority. Now, recently, I saw a giant black orb hovering over a place that needed removed. And it was a little bit concerning because why is there, I can see a giant black orb outside. Why? That thing should not be in the sky in our region. And when Torah, the Torah, the word of God, Jesus himself, his authority formed in, in us. When I open up my mouth to release angels to remove it, is it actually going to leave or is it going to stay? That's the difference. It's not about, yeah, you know, we've we've had people of, you know, cancer healed, you know, the lame walking, the blind seeing, people's open sores closing up, gemstones, you know, uh, gold dust, feathers. But it's not what we chase after. And it's a stumbling block to charismatic Christians who desire witchcraft, who desire witchcraft personal ministry oh pray for me pray for me explain it to me answer my questions because then they'll say if you're not answering the questions the way i want if you don't give me the knowledge that i want you must not be a good enough teacher or you must not be you must not know enough i'm going somewhere else i need a different source of information or it's not enough miracles that i want can't you heal my leg you must not be a real healing ministry and it's just kind of like Heal your spirit from the inside out, man. So if you go either those, but you ignore cosmic authority, when there is a cosmic, demonic presence visibly manifest in an atmosphere and a place, when I release angels and the word of God to remove it, is it going to move, yes or no? That is what we're talking about. Cosmic authority. Will that principality move? And when we release the angels, they're gone. Mm -hmm. Atmosphere cleared up, problems clear up, and it's gone. But why God tests our heart? What of those do you value? Cleansing the heavens. God's priority is cleansing the heavens. Cleansing the heavens and cleansing the earthen vessel. Because if those principalities and powers no longer rule and are thrown down and bound up and there no longer exists a place for them to live within this in you and us and me they're going to be cast out the time of judgment comes upon the wicked rulers and principalities and there will no longer be any place for them in this world so we're not just talking about how many people did you get out of a wheelchair how many gemstones did you see Who's going to fulfill the will of God for the cosmos? Cleansing the heavens. Bob Jones said he lived on the earth in the what he called the Stone Age. But as a prophet, and in his time, he went up into the stars. He learned to go up. And it is your job to go up into the stars. Cleanse the heavens. Now, as you were talking, the Spirit was saying, how do we know Jesus is the Torah? Because he said, I am the Aleph and the Tav, which means I'm the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and I'm the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which means I am the ancient <laughs> Hebrew language. You know, Jesus Christ said that in the red letters, which is, I am the Torah. Torah. 
the Aleph and the Tav, which that is so huge to unfold since that is your cosmic authority, is the amount of Torah or Jesus Christ, Aleph and Tav, formed within you. So when you speak, that's how you speak with authority because you're coming <laughs> forth with Jesus right out of your mouth. <laughs> so you can always see how mature a person is by the words of their mouth. Jesus said they'll be the judges or the re, they'll re, what is it? There's they will uh, not receive, reveal. reveal. It will reveal how much of God's throne, his judgment seat, is inside your bodies as a temple. Mm -hmm. Because when his seat is inside there, the words mm -hmm. cleanse. The words judge, devils, darkness, mm -hmm. demons, doctrines of men and demons, iniquity really is what this principality mm -hmm. that we've been facing and it's a major Christian civil war because I tell you the truth a lot of what we think is charismatic is actually iniquity yep. iniquity is so deceiving for the undiscerning young charismatic believer because it looks like all the charismatic stuff but it's a principality Iniquity, you could say, is really the false prophet. It's all the charismatic mm -hmm. stuff. Wow, there it is. But in all their words, their will, their prayers, and what it does is when you're deceived and you think iniquity is righteousness or you think iniquity is God, you're actually empowering demons. And some of the highest ranking demons that you face in this world as conquerors are these charismatic demons. A lot of you have encountered them since coming into Pentecostal Christianity. A lot more than you know. And this is like the highest level deception of the false prophet in the book mm -hmm. of Revelation. That's where you're at in the end times. Oh, wow, Hod. I saw that because uh, the next sphere that we're headed towards, Hod, it represents pro the prophetic. It's one of the two prophetic legs. And as soon as you said the false prophet, I literally just saw on Hod, which represents Merc Mercury. That's one of the demonic legs of the false prophet of the... I want to share about how um, we're walking in the hallway uh, yeah. and these women were in the hallway and the glory of God was so strong coming out of us that they began to prophesy as they came into proximity. Mm -hmm. And the woman proclaimed loudly, We have taken the soul tree! I saw what? <laughs> she says that again, a second time. We have taken the soul tree. I said, oh my gosh, Rebecca, she's prophesying back there. Yeah. And it was so loud. It was like a proclamation. And the Spirit of God said to me today, when you take the last tree of the soul tree, and we're the, in the third of the fourth tree as in ascending on sapphire stones, when we take the fourth tree, you'll Ooh. have consumed all the human souls of the entire world. That's exciting. This is what will open up the Great Awakening. I tell you the truth. Mm. How did every soul in creation, Revelation 7, get around the throne of Jesus? You know the Bible says that? There came a time, multitudes beyond counting, how did all these multitudes, Apostle John asked the angel in Revelation 7, how did these multitudes get around the throne of Christ? Because everything that was separating them from the throne of Christ was obliterated by the conquerors. More than conquerors, this is what you're conquering. The junk in the heavens mm -hmm. that separates men and women's souls on earth from encountering the living God, their maker. 
God is more interested in They're cleansing. They're all going to encounter God majorly. Right. God is more interested in cleansing your spirit and your soul than your body. This is a quick word on healing. I had it had I had an issue of a physical medical issue that needed uh, that was desperate for healing some years back, and it had gotten really bad. And I'd cried out to God because I'd I'd seen Him. I'd met Jesus face to face in person, just as clearly as I've you know seen you. So I was like, after all this, and you know, I'm seeking God. I didn't have the understanding I have now, or the, or the revelation, but I was just like, why? Why won't you heal me? And I'd been to miracles. I went to it was like a miracle service that I found. Or they called, you know, one of those, it was like one of my first, like, healing and miracles services. And uh, I could see, as a seer, Jesus healing other people there. And he walked, I, it, it, my feelings, it felt like Jesus walking right by me. I could literally see, in the invisible realm, Jesus manifested in his spirit, going around person to person, touching them and healing me. And it felt like completely ignoring me. I could feel his presence. I felt him within me. I felt his the blanketiness around. But I was not getting healed. I said, Lord, why don't you heal me? I can see him literally healing everybody else or a few different people. Physical healings happening. And I watched Jesus in his spirit do it. I was crying out, why won't you heal me? Now put yourself in that situation. There's that one thing that you wish you had breakthrough in. Maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a job, maybe it's you're waiting for a breakthrough in your finances, maybe it's a medical healing, and you're crying out, why won't this thing I keep crying out change? Now I didn't understand at the time, but he wanted to do a deeper work in me. And I would cry out and I'd pray and I would fast, you know. I would talk to God, I'd hear from him every day. So why why would he have the audacity, Jesus, to heal other people in front of me? When I've been crying out, I've been praying for others. When people were rude to me in my workplace, when I'd be overworked, when they'd be mean to me, I'd be kind. I would take, you know, so much, you know, I, I would just did my best every day to what I knew to try to be, you know, a good Christian, to try and do the word to the maximum of my ability. Why? Why wouldn't I would spend time in my closet alone with him? I would study his word. I would be in his presence. I would pray in tongues. I'd gotten the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But why wouldn't you heal me, God? Have you ever felt like that? Why won't you heal this one thing? And what I saw, I looked and I was in the spirit. And my body was standing there, but I looked and I saw him in the spirit just as clearly as I can see you here. Jesus on a boat, on a, on, a, on a boat. And it was on the Sea of Galilee. And he was standing there holding on to the boat, smiling at me, the wind whipping in his hair. And he reached out his hand to me. Ooh. He wanted me to get on the boat with him and go with him. And all he said to all my cries, and why won't you heal me? He said, my grace is sufficient. 
and my power is made perfect in your weakness. And I cried and I just said, okay, I trust you. And now today, the things that plagued me then, they don't plague me now. He wanted to show me the way. I realize now what I didn't know then. If he had healed me in my body then, I would have never found the pathway to the cosmos. Through the stars. If he healed me then, I would have never changed in my heart the way he changed me. Now I'm on a path to more and more change. Daily repentance. I, if he had just given me what I wanted, he wasn't so much interested in healing my body as circumcising my heart. But in that moment, even though I didn't know it then, I said, okay, I trust you. And I took his hand. And that's where we went together. It is the Sea of Galilee. It's the apostleship. He wanted me to go on his apostleship. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it. And the health comes with walking with him. From the inside out. And usually um, denying the need is, is kind of a way of breaking the person <laughs> to walk with him in the deeper part of you in your spirit. You know, God will sometimes meet people's soul needs, but if he sees the potential of their spirit mm -hmm. walking with them, he won't initially meet the soul need. <laughs> He'll go into the spirit and walk with you in the spirit. And then just by walking with him in the garden of your heart, it overflows and heals your soul and overflows and heals mm -hmm. your body. And you've encountered tremendous healing and all that stuff since then. Yeah, tremendous healing. And it's just, it's a journey. Almost all your asthma has been completely healed the last two years. Yeah, and, and just <laughs> all my blood levels, my I used to have iron deficiency, like anemia. I mean, if you look at my parents... $800 in breathalyzers a month, and now it's at zero. That's really good, yeah. Totally healed. Yeah, so... Yeah. It's really nice, you know. <laughs> I had all kinds of problems. I had, Inhalers, like, not yeah. breathalyzers, whatever. Yeah, I had all kinds of different, you know, health issues over the years, and some of them were a miraculous healing that was instant. Others of them, he was just more interested in changing me. So if your spirit is healthy, right, if he heals the body... Your unhealthy spirit is just going to cause more health disorders in the future. So if you heal the spirit, and you live in the spirit, and then you circumcise the soul and heal the soul, it's going to overflow into your body. And that's that continuous, perpetual healing. And then if something goes wrong or something happens, because, you know, we're immature, or we get tested in an area and something happens, don't lose heart. This is the way, this is the path, and if you walk in it, it all overflows from there. And you, But you'll know him, and you'll know him more accurately and more closely. And as we go up, we'll know him. I'll know him more accurately, more closely. It's good. And his ways become our ways, and so we do like the master. Those that are, what does the Bible say in First John? They will walk in, in the exact same way as Jesus walked. Those who love God and know God will have the same walk, the same mannerisms. They'll have the same wisdom, which means it's not going to be always just for the soul or the body, and especially not if you're discipling people. It'll be for the spirit, 
for the inner man and the invisible man to be developed and the overflow of the health of your spirit will restore your souls and it will heal your bodies. All life in the body doesn't need to be a fading light or a fading glory. It comes from the spirit who made the heavens and the earth. So learning wisdom down here is getting back into a relationship with the creator right in your belly. Discovering the way. I want to read Job 28 before we close tonight because this is one of the richest chapters of wisdom I've ever read in the Bible. In the last two days, God has opened up Job 28 for me. And I really did not know this chapter. This is astonishing stuff. It's all about the treasure house and the riches of the inner man and that path to God in the inner man. So check it out. Surely there is a mine for silver, a treasury of wisdom. Title of the chapter, Job tells the earth's treasures. Surely there is a mine for silver and a place where they refine gold. Iron is taken out of the earth and copper is smelted from the stone ore. Man puts an end to darkness by bringing in a light. And to the farthest bounds he searches out the rock buried in gloom and deep shadow. He breaks open mine shafts far away from where people live, in places forgotten by the human foot, searching the invisible <laughs> spiritual places, realms, going into realms, places that human feet don't walk. Come on now. They dangle in the mines. Places where you mine for treasures. And they hang away from men. Away from the flesh. Things of the spirit. As for the earth, out of it comes food. But underneath its surface. And the Bible says here, verse 5, Job 28, Amplified. But underneath its surface, deep down. Deep down. Come on. It is turned over as fire. Its stones are the bed of sapphires. <laughs> <laughs> there's the altar and there's the path right there in Job 28. It holds the dust of gold. The path deep within, verse 7, the path deep within, no bird of prey knows. <laughs> Devil free zone. And the falcon's eye, the eyes of the enemy, has not caught sight of it. The proud beasts and their young have not walked on it, nor has the fierce lion passed over it. Man puts his hand on and tears apart the flinty rock. He overturns the mountains at the base, looking for treasure. He cuts out channels and passages among the rocks, and his eye sees every precious thing. Man dams up the streams from flowing. Your human nature is what dams up the spirit from flowing. That's what the Bible says. So that they do not trickle into the mind. No discovery of the treasury of the spirit. And what is hidden, <clears throat> he brings out to the light. Verse 12, the search for wisdom is harder. But where can wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man does not know the value of it. 
nor is it found in the land of the living. The deep says it is not in me, and the sea says it is not with me. It cannot be obtained for pure gold, nor can silver be weighed as its price. It cannot be valued in terms of the gold of Ophir, in the precious onyx or beryl, or the sapphire. Now speaking of the natural realm, can't purchase it. This is why faith is so rich. Mm. Gold and glass cannot equal wisdom, nor can it be exchanged for articles of fine gold. No mention of coral or crystal can be made. Basically going into the heavens, all the external earth, all the external heavens. And it's basically shutting that down for the value of the internal mine and altar and path. Great wisdom. For the possession of wisdom is even above that of rubies or pearls. Because you know the way to God. You found the altar of God, the fire of God, and the sapphire path of God. Therefore, it is more valuable than all the earth and all the heavens. From where does wisdom come? And where is the place of understanding? Verse 21. It is hidden from the eyes of all the living and concealed from the birds of the heavens. This is where you're hidden in God. What is being hidden in God? Mm. Hidden in wisdom. Hidden in the internal path. Mm. God inside mindedness conceals you from demons. It protects you from the enemy. Abaddon, the place of destruction and death, say, we have only heard a report of it with our ears. Mm -hmm. Which means death is only in hearing and not experiencing. Ever hearing but never understanding. What is understanding? The spiritual path within experienced. Experienced of heart versus hearing of head. One is Abaddon and death. The other is the treasury of life. We have only heard a report, says death, a report of it with our ears. God understands the way to wisdom, and he knows its place, for wisdom is with God alone. God understands the way to wisdom, and he knows its place, for wisdom is with God alone. For he looks to the ends of the earth and sees everything in the heavens. When he gave weight and pressure to the wind and allotted the waters by measure, when he made a limit for the rain and a way for the thunderbolt. The thunderbolt, mm. when I read that earlier, I saw Revelation 7 lightnings and 7 thunders. So it's a lightning bolt and thunder. You put them together, thunderbolt. The way of the thunderbolt. The lightning and the thunder together. This is what is produced in your inner man's ability when you walk in the treasures of wisdom in the way to God. You get the thunderbolt. You become a thunderbolt. Then he saw wisdom and declared it. He established it and searched it out. But to man, he said, Behold the reverential and worshipful fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, And to depart from evil is understanding. 
But to man, behold, the reverential and worshipful fear of the Lord is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. And in 27 and 28, it's like two different levels of maturity. Mm. Notice he's dealing with under the sun in verse 28. Depart from evil. Get into the fear of the Lord and walk in the way. Get God inside minded. Walk in the way. Value wisdom. It is reverential. It's worshipful. And walk in the fear of the Lord. When you do that, you get 27. This is above the sun and under the sun. Two different levels of wisdom in the Bible. Above the sun, you get the thunderbolt. Verse 26. You get the rain without limit. You get the anointing without measure. To him whom I have sent, I have given my anointing without limit, it is written. But it has requirements. The reverential fear of the Lord must be walked in. You must value wisdom above rubies and precious gold, finances, family, all your earthly life and animal life and fleshly, soulish life. You have to value wisdom more than all of it in order to rise and come into the ability of the thunderbolt and the infinite rain. Wow, I just heard value that wisdom over signs and wonders and value wisdom over knowledge. Amen. That's good. Amen. Truth, anyhow. Which is a uh, eighth day was a day of circumcision, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Which is also represents the eighth day is represents the fire baptism, which is the feast of tabernacles that we talked about today, and it just so happens that our next sphere that we are stepping to now by the grace of God, thank you, Father, for it. Onto Pod is also the eighth sapphire. Now this the sapphire stones, the Sephirotic realm. Whoa, is the <laughs> is the <laughs> yeah is the yeah it, the sphere it, of Archangel of Michael. Yeah, it's in the Sephirotic realm is the realm of faith. It is the realm of faith. That's what Bob Jones said when he said, "You're gonna go from being." You know, walking by faith, or you know, your faith to the faith of God. That's the realm of faith. He knew that because he said he went from the Stone Age to into the stars. Now it's your job to go in the stars. So when he went up, he would see these things come to pass. Eighth day, eighth Sapphira, baptism of fire, animal sacrifice, water temple promises. Right, going through the water flask, through the water gate, for the water temple, for the for you to draw it out like water from deep wells. Mm. Water from that deeper uh-huh. well. Glory. Water from a deeper mm. well of high <laughs> Majesty, glory, the palm tree, the splendor. The palm trees that they would wave with the myrtle and the citron fruit, a, a citrus fruit. Some of you have been seeing citrus fruits lately. They would wave them on Sakot, which is the Feast of Tabernacles. You're going up. Let that leg, left leg of prophecy be strengthened. The false prophet fully removed from our sphere of hot. And as Brandon said, let Archangel Michael and his support angels be released onto the sphere of hod of Berea of Yetzirah for us to set foot and stand in the, in the heavenlies and advance the kingdom of God today. In Jesus' name, and I glorify our Father in heaven. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.
I'd like to give an offering into Red Letter Ministries. The links are in the description. How to get more deeply involved in this apostolic and prophetic ministry. Pioneering the heavens for our generation. You're all invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now it's time to be clothed with the heavens and put on celestial garments. Amen. Value these things. Where your money is there, your heart will be also. Sowing into the stars that you will walk in, valuing the higher things of Jesus Christ prepared for you, honoring the teachers of revelation, honoring the apostleship of the sent ones of Jesus Christ, carrying the blueprints of the will of God, making them plain every day, supporting this ministry, building the kingdom, advancing the kingdom, investing your whole house in the eternal house of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May God put on all your hearts what you're to give tonight and be rewarded in your sacrificial offerings to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let angels come to you and open doors. Let angels come to you and bring promotion, healing, and all kinds of breakthroughs of every single kind according to the will of God in Christ Jesus for your spirit man's destiny. If there be blockages, let them come off your spirit. If there be strongholds, let them be torn down. And I thank you, Father, for the crown of life descending upon each one of these as they rise to Jesus Christ in their inner man. Let their inner man have an awesome impartation to manifest light to renew their mind and let darkness come out of all their brains all their minds by the light of Jesus in their born-again spirit Christ in your spirit will transform everything in your hearts and minds as you rise from glory to glory in the internal way amen, amen. we'll see you guys tomorrow